This is one-on-one's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is one-on-one's NFL Friday. Week 9 of NFL Friday, we are right at the halfway point of the season. Have a loaded show for you today. I'm Tom Scabelli, going to be joined by Brendan O'Connell and David Ballack. We'll have Jack McClune on throughout the show, giving us his fantasy stardom, sit-ems and sleepers. And in the back, we've got producer of producer extraordinaire, David Spanfanato, in the back. So let's start off talking Thursday night football. Falcons and Bucks. Falcons beat Tampa Bay 43-28. One of the higher, probably probably should fact check this, but the highest scoring Thursday night football game of the year. I th- Yeah, for sure. And I think that's a nice change of pace from what we've been seeing. And I mean, these Thursday night games haven't been that, haven't been really good at all. At least this one had some points. But to me, guys, I think the story of this game is the Atlanta Falcons, because I thought this could have been a trap game, a road game against a divisional opponent. But the fact that they came out and they, they pretty much dominated Tampa Bay for most of the time, I think the Falcons are for real. Yeah, I would I would think so. I think the Falcons are a Super Bowl contender. When you're just looking through that NFC, it's just not all that strong. There's not a lot to like there. The only team that's really standing out is the Dallas Cowboys right now. And with Matt Ryan playing like an MVP candidate, which people may not be aware of, but mark it down now, Matt Ryan is an MVP candidate. It's thrown for 500 more yards than anyone else in the NFL. 23 touchdowns, 4 interceptions. Those are MVP quality numbers, and he's right in that conversation. The Falcons are contenders. Yeah, Matt Ryan, I think that's that's my main takeaway from last night is that he has really put himself ahead of the pack in the MVP discussion. Even though you look at a guy like, you know, Tom Brady, Derek Carr, Ezekiel Elliott, they're all there, but Matt Ryan, as David mentioned, his stats are, you know, so far above everybody else to this halfway point in the season and he's he's carrying the team. Um my other takeaway from last night was just the the mistakes and the you know, not the like regression the lack of progression, I guess, I'd say, from Jameis Winston and the Buccaneers. Um, I just think that, you know, too many mistakes, too sloppy in too, d- too many different areas uh, really was not a very competitive game in the in the second half. But Mike Evans, also the real deal. I think that, uh, you know, you look at him last night, 11 receptions, 150 yards, two touchdowns. He and Jameis, as they progress and get better in this league, they could be lethal down the road. Yeah, I mean, Mike Evans is already top five wide receiver in the NFL. So if we can see Jameis progress into that and maybe get a little bit more of a supporting cast, then that'll help build Jameis into top 10 QB potentially. Yeah, I think Tampa Bay is a team that maybe you're going to look to contend a couple years down the road, especially with that nucleus of, of Winston and Evans. But this year, 3-5, and 0-4 oh at home, which I thought was surprising. I know the NFC is wide open. I still don't really think they sneak in there. I think really the main takeaway from last night or or the main question we should be asking is, are the Falcons the best team in the NFC? Because we've seen them beat some really good teams. We've seen them beat the Broncos. We saw them be in Denver. We saw them be really competitive in Seattle. And they're really taking care of business against teams they should be beating too. Six and three, the Cowboys are the only team in the NFC with as many wins as them. They both have six wins. Are where where would you rank the Falcons among NFC? Teams? Well, you guys both mentioned it. It's the NFC is wide open right now because you've got Dallas who's who's up there, and then Atlanta who just notched their six win too. But a lot of teams 
either underperforming or not performing to what they could be um, overall. And so when I look at the NFC, I see the Falcons, you know, putting themselves out there out front. But I also can't discount teams like the Seahawks, the Packers, teams that have been there before, proven that they're successful teams in this league behind their quarterbacks, behind their coaches, their whole operations. And come playoff time, I think you look at those kind of teams who have been to the conference championship, who have been to the Super Bowl in recent years, and you can't discount them. And you can't discount the the past history of the Cowboys or the Falcons who have shown a tendency to not really get it done in the big moments. I agree that that come playoff time, we'll still probably be looking at the Packers and Seahawks as potential favorites coming out of the NFC as the two best teams competing for the Super Bowl. But, I mean, looking right now in the regular season and where we're going to line up for the playoff picture itself, I think it's the Falcons' uh, position to lose for that home field throughout the NFC. The only other team that's really ahead of them right now are the Seahawks and the Cowboys. I think both have tougher divisions. They're going to have tougher battles going through that. But also, you look at the Falcons' schedule, they got the Eagles. That'll be a tough game. But after that, Arizona, who they can definitely beat. Kansas City, not – Kansas City, I, I feel so weird about Kansas City. I just They're don't so, know so who they are. <laughs> then L.A., San Francisco, Carolina, New Orleans. Those are all looking like winnable games to close out their season. I think the Falcons are looking at 11-5. and five, And with the NFC right now, I think the only team that can really do better than 11-5 is maybe the Cowboys if they can – stay on that roll, but those division games are going to be tough for them going forward. Yeah, I think the Falcons will definitely win the NFC South. I think the question is, will they get a first-round bye or not? I, I think they probably will. I, I mean, They'll you be 10-6, and six, right? They're not going to be worse than 10-6, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, I think that's probably the worst, especially with that schedule. You're already 6-3, and three, so even if you go you know, 4-3 and three down the stretch, 5-2 and two if they really play well, I, th- I think they will get a first-round bye, but that begs the question— is this just another year of the Falcons getting eliminated in the playoffs? Or do you guys think that with Matt Ryan playing as well as he is this year, their defense playing pretty well, they've got a lot of weapons on offense both uh, in the passing game and in the running game, is this the year the Falcons finally break through? Well, I can't get too ahead of myself here with Atlanta because it was a nice win last night, but it is Tampa Bay. And even with Right, but the, they have beat yeah, good they, teams They've played well against good teams right. also. And, and plus the NFC, as we've mentioned, is wide open, but... Just given the fact that like last year they started off five and zero, then fizzled down the stretch. They they had a thirteen and three regular season a couple of years ago, and then they you know won. I think it was one playoff game that year. I got to see them make a deep playoff run before I can believe in them as Super Bowl contenders. And this year I don't see them really. Even if they do get a bye, even if they do get home field. I don't really see them making it past that divisional round. I don't know. We saw Carolina come out last year out of the NFC and make it to the Super Bowl right. without really having ever proven anything and coming out. I think if Matt Ryan can continue to play the way, because we've also never seen Matt Ryan play this well. We've seen Matt Ryan be a decent quarterback in the NFL. We've never seen Matt Ryan be a top three, top five, or the best quarterback in the NFL the way he's playing right. Yeah. The way he's playing right now. So if he can continue that. I don't. I think it's a legitimate possibility that they're there competing at the end. Yeah, I think it's a definite possibility, but I don't know. To me, the Falcons, I, I just think that a team with a more experienced quarterback who's done it before, the Seahawks, maybe the Packers, or if the Panthers could sneak in there, which I know is a long shot. The Panthers are interesting coming off that win against Arizona. They're still good, right? Like, what's different from last year when they won 15 games, 17 Josh, games? Josh Norman being with that Washington football Cam's, team. I know. Cam's yeah, attitude. they have no I don't know. secondary. They, Cam, <laughs> Cam's not having fun, I guess. You know, yeah, they, they I guess were such. So. When you look at the, the Panthers last year, David, you mentioned them. They were such a kind of, 
you know, they were riding their hot streak. They were I think. showtime. Like, they, they were, were fun they, to watch. Yeah, they were they were fun to watch and they were having fun playing. And this year, I think that their attitude, their Super Bowl hangover, has kind of, you know, soured. I guess they got off to a really rough start. Obviously, at one and five, and now they're two and five. So they can catch fire if they if they turn it around and just kind of put these first seven games behind them. And I don't count that out either for the for that NFC South division. Really, you I mean, think they could, can win the division. I no, think no, I don't. Like I don't think card. they can win the division, but yeah. I think they can make it interesting. All right, guys, as riveting as the NFC South is, <laughs> I think we should probably move on. We're going to talk Giants next. They have a big divisional game against the Eagles, but first, let's get fantasy advice from a guy who is such a fantasy expert that he's leaving two starting spots open this week. Jack McClune, let's hear his starters, and maybe he'll explain that bold strategy. It's time for some fantasy football talk. Who are the best picks around the NFL? Plus, start them and sit them to help you win your league. So this is probably the worst week for buys. In fantasy, by far, you have the Cardinals, Bears, Bengals, Texans, Pats, and Redskins all on buys this week. That's that's brutal, especially at the yeah. running back position. That's killing you this week. And that's why I'm starting, leaving two spots empty, but we'll get to that. <laughs> so starting this week, a QB, really like Dak this week. The Dak attack's going to be big against Cleveland. They're terrible, just in general, but especially against the pass. I think they're 29th in the league against the pass. And the, he's gonna, they're going to come out throwing early. I think they're, they're going to continue to want to build that statement win. Like, we're, we're legit. You guys are talking about they want to be legit in the NFC. I think Dak wants to hold on to his starting spot and continue to prove that. I think this is a good game for him to do that. And then a running back, I mentioned all the buys. No David Johnson, Jordan Howard, Drew Bernard or Jeremy Hill, James White or LeGarrette Blunt, or Lamar Miller. So you're missing a bunch of top 20 running backs this week. So you're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel. Ty Montgomery's had that sickle cell issue, but if he's healthy, he's a good bet to go this year. He gets a lot of balls, especially in a PPR. They throw to him a lot. He runs the ball a lot. He's eligible as a running back, too, yeah. I think. Uh, in the ESPN. ESPN. Yahoo yeah. is not because he's not listed yeah, on the depth chart for Yahoo. the Packers. I have one Yahoo. It's not great. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then also, I like Terrence West this week, too. I mean, it's another thing. He had a really bad game before the bye, like eight carries for 10 yards, but Pittsburgh's terrible against the run, too. At wide receiver, Dante Moncrief. The Colts came back last week, had a great return from his injury. I think he has another good week because Green Bay is good against the run, but awful against the pass. And then Corey Coleman comes back from injury for the Browns this week. Like I said, they're going to be down early. I think they throw a lot. And then at tight end, he's been a really pretty big disappointment. But Kobe Fleener is probably going to get a touchdown. He's It seems like San Francisco's just kind of okay against tight ends. And he's had a couple off weeks. I think maybe he sneaks into the end zone. If you're struggling for a guy, you're missing Jordan Reed or Martellus Bennett or Gronk. You, you could do worse. I think that's a decent guy to go with this week. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Fleener's been disappointing. But like you said, with all these guys on buys, mm-hmm. I mean, this is so bad. I know in my main league, David Johnson and A.J. Green, who are my two best players, yep. are both on buy, and that's a killer. Most of my leagues, like half my roster mm-hmm. just says buy. So going to have to scrape the barrel, maybe sit some guys this and week. That's, right? why I've got, that's, why I got, that's why i got two <laughs> spots open. I have David Johnson and A.J. Green, so I'm not dropping them. And everyone else who I would have dropped to pick up a fill-in who's not very good, I have to start because I already would have, I'd be missing another spot. So I dropped, I dropped my kicker to pick up Dante Moncrief because I really do believe in him the rest of the season, and I'm already taking the loss this week because I wasn't going to start a running back. Like, I, I think it's bold to just lose six, a week. I built my, my team 6-2. and two. I'll, t- I'll take this one loss and win out the rest Try of the way. This is going to be like bad. This is like your Billy Goat or your yeah, person of the band. I, I, I'm, like, I'm the commissioner of that league. It's like maybe in our 10th year, I've never won it. Yeah, Well, maybe this will be a good curse. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll have you back on the show for Sidhams. But before we 
get to that before we get to Jets talk. We want to talk Giants. They have a big uh, game this week against their divisional rival, Eagles. So, guys, I think this is a huge game for the Giants this week. I mean, the Giants, the NFC East is really tough. And I think that, I mean, David, you know it as, as a Redskins fan. And I think that the Giants have to start winning their divisional games. They're 1-1 one one so far. But I think that if you want to actually make a run in this NFC East, you cannot lose that many divisional games, especially the ones that are at home against the rookie quarterback. I think this is a winnable game for the Giants, but... We'll see. I talked about it in my Giants report for this week. The Giants come off their bye to face the Eagles in their biggest game of the season so far. With seven games already down, Big Blue needs to start beating their divisional opponents and gaining ground in the competitive NFC East. They have four games left against NFC East opponents and probably need to win at least three of them. It starts with this home game against the Eagles, a team the Giants haven't beaten since 2013. This Eagles team is different from past seasons, which is good and bad for the Giants. The Philadelphia defense has played really well this season, ranking 8th in total yards allowed and 4th in points. They have a great defensive line and a solid secondary. The Giants offensive line will have to step up and give Eli time to throw. Hopefully, the offense took the time off to reevaluate some things so that they'll become less predictable. The G-Men have too much talent on offense to be this unproductive. The play calling has to improve. With the offense set to have their work cut out for them, the defense may have to win this one for the Giants. While the Eagles' defense is really good, their offense can be beaten. Rookie quarterback Carson Wentz has impressed, but he's shown that he's beatable over the past several weeks. As much as I can see Zach Gertz and Darren Sproles killing the G-Men in the passing game, I think the Giants' defense will contain the run, making life hard on Wentz in a hostile road environment and forcing him to make some costly mistakes. It should be a close game, and I think it'll come down to the last few minutes but I'll take the home team and the veteran quarterback to win a close one 24-20. If the Giants don't win this one, then winning the NFC East will be extremely difficult. With this week's Giants report, I'm Tom Scabelli, WFUV Sports. I talked about it before the report. I talked about it in the report. This game is so big for the Giants. You don't want to throw around terms like must win or anything like that in only week nine, but... Giants have already lost a division game to Washington, a divisional game that's at home. They still have four of their remaining nine games against the division, and every team in the NFC East has a winning record. The Cowboys are almost starting to run away with it a little bit at 6-1. and one. I know a wild card is still a possibility, possibly, if even if the Giants don't win the division, but they won't have any shot at winning the NFC East. You have to win this game, especially because it's at home. I mean, they haven't beaten the Eagles since 2013. That's nuts. That has to end. Yeah, I mean, especially if you want to win the division. I think you, if you're the Giants, you basically have to win out in those last four divisional games because the Cowboys at six and one just. Yeah, seem to be well, right. I think you could maybe lose in Philly. You have to, I think, win three out of four, and one of them has to be the Cowboys. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. You definitely have to be the Cowboys. There's no chance without that. But the Eagles are a really good team. I mean, they've been regressing a little bit from the, that really hot start that they had. But then they just went in and played the Cowboys as tough as anyone has this year 
other than maybe the New York Giants when the Giants beat them. Again, yeah. they should have lost, but it, <laughs> they won. <laughs> you stepped out, and there you go. But yeah, it's gonna be a good game. Yeah, I mean NFC East games. By the way, Tom, exemplary report as always. Thank as you. But, Thank you. I mean NFC East games especially seem to be, you know, close between every team that plays because this year especially with with those four teams being so like so much improved, I would say because in in the past it's been like a lot of eight and eight, you know, winners of the division. But this right. year everybody looks to be on track to finish over five hundred and possibly even better. But um, you know, this week is just another example of those games are going to be so much closer than, um, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, so much closer than, <laughs> like, other divisions that yeah. that really places that much more of an emphasis on winning, Divisional you know, games. division games yeah. in the NFC East because those teams are so close together. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that this will be a game that the Giants, if they do lose this game, they're going to look, and, and they don't make the playoffs, they're going to look back at this game and be like, that's a game against a whole at home against a rookie quarterback that we definitely should have won. And the Giants have had over the past four seasons plenty of games where at the end of the season they look back and they're like, hey, we should have won that game. We could have won that game. This is definitely going to be one of them. And that point you made about the NFC East is, I think, definitely right. You could make the argument with the possible exception of the Redskins that every team in the NFC East is better than they were last year. And I mean, David, you would know Not better, but I mean, the I Redskins were really good last year. I would agree with year. that. The problem with the Redskins is just been their defensive line this year just isn't the same because of so many injuries it's not even necessarily their fault so it's, it's I, I still think the Redskins agree. are a good team no, but since yeah, they, they did win the division not as last, good as last year. year I would agree with that yeah so I think it's just an interesting thing and people coming into this year thought the NFC East was kind of really not that good of a, the division I think most experts picked that the Giants would win by default kind of because of the quarterback and the uh, injuries. additions they made to the secondary and yeah. improving the defense and I mean but the Cowboys I think Jason Garrett it's a really great head coach I think he's really underrated and I think he doesn't get enough credit for what he's doing with a rookie quarterback and a, a rookie running back you know for our sake for Giants and Redskins sake I think you kind of got to hope Tony Romo comes back right for the Cowboys I mean Dak has been so good. They need something to shake it up. We need some classic Cowboys QB controversy. <laughs> well, that's something I get into with Christian every week, and I'm still on the Tony Romo bandwagon and saying I think they should bring him back, not for the Redskins and Giants' sake, but I think Tony Romo, it's, it's just not time to move past a fringe Hall of Fame quarterback in Tony Romo because Tony Romo— Tony Whoa. Romo's third. I said this last <laughs> week. I'm gonna say it again. Tony Romo's third all time in QBR. Take what you will with QBR, whether or not you like it. That's a big deal. Tony Romo's a very good quarterback who just hasn't been able to come through in the playoffs. But he's a good QB and he has everything going for him on that team. It's questionable whether or not to bring him back. I'm not certain that that's the way to go. But either way, I think the Cowboys are gonna win this division. I think I've pretty much given hope for the Redskins to the Giants of getting that. But that wild, I think there will be a wild card team coming out of this division. Oh yeah, I think absolutely. That, I think there's least, a chance for two wild card nah, teams. I, I was gonna say that, but I think, I think they'll Packers beat up on Vikings each other. One of, yeah. I think the division winners will be obviously the four division winners, and then I think that one of the NFC's teams and probably the Packers or Vikings, whoever loses that, and will then be maybe the NFC. Throw the Panthers in as a yeah. Secret. I mean, they have to get really high. Yeah, though. exactly. I, and I, you could say the Car- I don't think the Cardinals. Are I think the good. Cardinals just yeah. Yeah, I don't think they them. have. But, I mean, if we're talking about this game specifically, Giants-Cowboys, I'm picking uh, Giants-Eagles. I'm picking the Giants to win 24-20. Like I said, I just think that the Giants' defense has been really good this year, and I think that that's, you know, with all the improvements they've made in the secondary and along with the defensive line that 
I think they're going to bottle up the running game. I don't think Ryan Matthews is that good. I could see Darren Sproles and Zach Ertz. Those are two classic guys that will probably just kill the Giants. But I think the Giants' defense is good enough to stop them. And the Giants' offense was bad, really, in the first half, which is crazy to say when you consider that all the talent they have on that in that locker room, especially on the offensive side. But, I mean, they just they 96% of their plays this season, they've lined up with five offensive linemen, well, obviously, five offensive linemen, one quarterback, one running back, one tight end, and three wide receivers, uh, Shepard, Cruz, and Beckham most of the time. You have to have more complexity in that offense. And the talent is there, but if the play calling and the scheme is going to be so predictable, then it doesn't matter how much talent you have. And I think that maybe with the time off, they've made a concerted effort to say, hey, let's shake things up a little bit. Yeah, I think I think that bye week is going to be play a crucial factor in deciding this game. The Eagles prepared so hard for that Eagle for the Cowboys game and then lost the heartbreaker. Coming off of that is going to be difficult. Playing back to back road games now with these two is also a tough challenge for them. It's gonna it's obviously an important game to rally for it and so in any of those divisional games, people are gonna be amped up to play in that. But I think the the X factors in this game seem to be pointing more towards the Giants and the Eagles. I think a big factor for the Giants, too, is is converting third downs on offense and getting off the field for them on defense because uh, on offense they were 28th like so far this year in third down percentage, and I think they were close to the bottom in at least the bottom 10 in defensive yeah, third down percentage. Oh, they're, they're definitely down there. So, they're probably bottom three. They're so and bad. They're the worst in time possession, and that that's – really a product of their third down efficiency. So they got to, and their scoring offense is down at 26th. So, I mean, they have the weapons to, to turn it around, like you were saying, Tom, and I think they will. But they that's the main thing, along with the turnovers too, because I think they're like a minus eight. But they got to figure out third downs and turnovers, and that will point them in the right, the right direction, I think. And I think that they can do that with the experience that they have on offense and the weapons, even if they aren't experienced. Sterling Shepard, Odell Beckham, you know, young guys, but they're so explosive that I think they can get around those issues if they can find some sort of running game because they're last yeah, in, in the run. Brutal. They got to find something, even with all the injuries piling up, they do have to find somebody who can take a load off of Eli and make it a more balanced offense. Right. I think the good thing for the Giants is the fact that they are 4-3 and three with the winning record so far and their offense hasn't played really that well is encouraging because I think that Going forward, it's more likely that their offense improves and their defense regresses. So I think that, if anything, the Giants' best football is ahead of them. And you look at their schedule now coming out of the bye. They have three straight home games. They have Eagles this week and then home against the Bengals, home against the Bears. You re- And then they're at the Browns. You could win four straight. They have to win at least three of them. And if they do, then they're putting themselves in a pretty good position for that. NFC wildcard because the Redskins schedule speaking for them is very difficult going forward they winning the division last year obviously hurts them in the scheduling for this coming season and so they're looking at a pretty uphill battle for them but the Giants on the other hand are especially if they can win this game and that's why you said you don't want to call this a must-win game but if they can win this game then they're positioning themselves very well for a run yeah, absolutely they got to take care of business when they should I mean they got to win the games that they should win which means home games even if they're against a tough team like like a Philadelphia or a a Cincinnati they got to take care of those games at home so that they can allow for you know a bad game here and there in the second half which you know happens to pretty much every team so 
if they, especially if they can win these division games, I'm, I know we keep harping on it, but it's so big and such a tight race. They have a chance to to sneak into the playoffs as a wild card or even get up to the Cowboys level and sneak past them in the, in so, the standings too. So, Tom, you're picking the Giants. Brennan, who are you going with? I don't know. I'm so tempted to like say a tie here, just the way that the NFL's been going this year. <laughs> don't but... talk to me about ties, Brendan. <laughs> I don't know. I know the Redskins up. got were victimized <laughs> by it not. last last week, but thirty-four um, yards. It was thirty-four yards. <laughs> you know, I think this is a game that the Giants should win. So I'm going to say the Giants like twenty-one seventeen over the Eagles. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of the the focus for the Eagles this year has been on Carson Wentz, but Carson Wentz really isn't playing that well he's just not playing badly and not turning right. over the ball over and so people are getting on those this rookie bandwagon i think the key in this game is really going to be can the giants slow down the run ryan matthews and darren sproles neither of them are having superstar seasons but combined they're both playing pretty well and been the the key for this eagles offense so if the giants who have been decent against the run this year if they can slow those guys down i think they can come away with this and i think with this game being at home with the giants coming off the bye I'm going to pick the Giants in this one, too, All by right. touchdown. It's a clean sweep. We're picking the Giants. We'll see if it actually happens. I mean, I think divisional games are just so wide open. I think it will be a good game. We're all picking the Giants. We'll move on to talk about the other team in New York, the Jets. They're 3-5 and five and at Miami, but we'll be talking about them after the fantasy segment with Jack McClure. Yeah, so moving on to some sits this week. I know we talked a little bit about how good Derek Carr has been this year, but I think this is a week where he kind of falls off a bit. He struggled against better pass defenses this year. Against Kansas City and Jacksonville had his worst games of the year. Jacksonville's pass defense, yeah. But Kansas City's has definitely been good. So now it's he's getting the best pass defense in the league in the Broncos, at least in terms of fantasy. So, I mean, you might not have a better option, but you've got, like, Phillip Rivers. Right, with all those buys and stuff. Yeah, guys, yeah. but if you got someone like Phillip Rivers, like you took Carr late and you still hung on to Rivers, I think I'd start him over Carr. It's a fair pick. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and then at running back, Isaiah Crowell has had up and down year, year this year. I think this is a down week for him this week. Really? They're going to go down big against Dallas, and once he, once they're down, they go to Duke Johnson a lot. You saw it. I think it was against the Jets, or Duke Johnson had a huge game right at the end because they were down and they needed yeah, to throw the ball. Yeah, they had to do something else. So they, they throw to Duke Johnson a lot, and Dallas is number two against the run for fantasy, so I, don't, I wouldn't go to him at all. Mike Wallace has had a bunch of good weeks this week. I think this is a bad week for him. He Pittsburgh fourth fewest points allowed against wide receivers and I mentioned when I was talking about Terrence West they're bad against the run so I think Baltimore runs a lot this week Flacco's been having a down year and they don't have a lot of other weapons outside of Wallace right now because Steve Smith I think he's still out and Pitt has just been okay so I think he's gonna get covered a lot this week and then at tight end Julius Thomas had a touchdown last week everyone was really pumped <laughs> but he's still not doing anything in that offense and that offense is still kind of bad it's tough to get him the ball when you got <laughs> no the, the, it's tough to get him the ball because you say Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns but Allen Robinson's not even getting the ball much anymore it's been such a weird offense. We talked about it. It's been so kind of not good. Jacksonville's been disappointing this year all around. They should have been the team. They, I thought they were going to be the team to kind of come away, sneak out the uh, AFC South. Yeah, and that mediocre with the capital <laughs> M division. The, the that AFC Tom Scabelli just loves the, <laughs> the AFC, AFC South. South. I'm obsessed with the AFC South. Can't get enough. I feel like, though, ultimately, this is when you get to this middle point of the season no. with all these buys, right, for this the – who to sit like you? You don't really. Your hands are tied. It's yeah. just like whoever you got to play. Just throw I wanted. Them in I wanted to happens. put on Quincy Nunwa to sit because I don't think he's for real. But I have to start him this week, so I can't say sit him because I'm right. starting him this week. But it's there's so many. Yeah, the bye weeks, especially this week, it's so brutal. You're just kind of you just kind of got to muscle through it. That's why I'm just sitting two guys. I'm, this week's a wash for me in that one league. I mean, whatever. <laughs> That's but the still, challenge. I still season fantasy. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Baron. Maybe you paid attention sometimes. 
I know. I, I'm so bad with paying attention. We're to playing actually. Leagues, I think but... this week, Jack, in the FUV league. Oh, my team. The <laughs> <laughs> FUV league. Oh, uh, I'm league five have, and three. League I have, a little bit of a hot That league I have a tie-in. <laughs> oh, man. Three, four, and one. All right. Can we abolish ties, please? please. <laughs> Jack, we'll have you back on later in the show for your fantasy sleepers. We're going to talk Jets. They're at the Dolphins this week. First, let's listen to our Jets beat reporter, Christian Goey's Week 9 Jets report. Oh, how close we were to another gut-wrenching loss. The Jets went into Cleveland and started off about as poorly as they have all season. Darrell Rivas in the secondary got burned by Terrell Pryor and company, and the offense wasn't any better as Ryan Fitzpatrick was 3 of 14 at the half. With a 20-7 deficit at the midway point, most fans were calling for the Jets to give the ball to Bryce Petty, including Broadway Joe, who vented his frustrations on Twitter. Head coach Todd Bowles. Nobody played well in the first half. In the second half, we came out with a better attitude and everybody started playing and doing their job. And the team did come out with a better attitude. Gang Green made the winless Browns look winless. They scored 24 unanswered points with Quincy Anumwa and Matt Forte leading the way, and Fitz found a bit of a rhythm. The 31-28 win puts this team at 3-5. This Sunday, they visit the Dolphins, who are coming off a bye. Both teams are looking for a third straight win, and the Dolphins have hit their stride. The main reason? Running back Jay Ajayi. Ajayi is going for a third straight 200-yard rushing game, something that has never been done before. Fortunately, the Jets had the number one rushing defense in the league, despite being at the bottom in pass defense. Rivalry games are usually tough, and in this case, both teams are desperately looking to continue their win streaks. I know all signs point to a Dolphins win, but I'm giving the Jets the edge. I think Fitz will continue to play better, and Ajayi should be slowed down enough by the defense. I know it sounds crazy, but my final score is 24-21 Jets. Either I'm a genius, or I'll be dead wrong. It's probably the latter. Covering the... I'm Christian Goey, WFUV Sports. Great job there by Christian, as always. He's picking the Jets to win in Miami 24-21. I mean, we talk about must-wins. The Jets pretty much on a must-win for the rest of their yeah, season. all the way out. Yeah, I mean, I think that this is an interesting game for the Jets because they have won two in a row. On paper, I think they're more talented than Miami, but, I mean, Dolphins do have a better record, and the Jets do, they lose at least one game a year against Miami, it seems like, every year. So I don't think this is, you know, a, a lock for the Jets. I know some Jet fans are thinking, hey, we've won two in a row. The Dolphins kind of stink. We'll win this one and stay hot. But I think this is going to be a pretty tough game. I mean, the Jets aren't a good team all of a sudden because they beat the Browns and Ravens at home. <laughs> I mean, th- both these teams, especially from a Patriots fan's perspective, I mean, they're just so average to bad. It's just... Uh, it's hard to pick, you know, who's gonna who's gonna win this matchup. I would say the Jets just because, as you said, Tom, on paper they're they're better than the Dolphins are, and I don't really like the direction that the the Dolphins franchise in general is headed. So I would really? say, really, yeah, Adam I mean, is a I good think coach. that they, sorry, I think Adam, Adam Gase, Gase is a good head coach. Yeah, but I, Tannehill I just, stinks. But yeah, they get a new quarterback. My thing is Tannehill. Like, it's hard to. It's really hard in the NFL to have a, a franchise going in the right direction if you can't figure out the quarterback. That's kind of the same problem that the Jets have uh, in this situation, too, with, with Fitzpatrick and then and then the Geno Smith injury and the, the backups not knowing who to turn to and how Fitzpatrick feels so bad about his, his front office losing faith in him. 
Oh, but um, I know, poor, poor you, Ryan. You suck, but you, you keep getting chance after chance. But um, so that's what that's what makes this game so difficult for me to pick. I don't know what you feel about it, Dave. I mean, I think quarterbacks aside, yeah, I think the quarterbacks in this game are basically a push. You know, neither of them yeah. are all that great. But the the key factor to watch is Matt Forte and Jay Ajayi. I think everyone knows the kind of outbreak season that Ajayi is having this year, and it's been it's been pretty impressive. I break few games, really. He's yeah, just putting like two hundred yards up every yeah, week in the yeah. past couple games. But now he's going against the Jets rush defense, which is one of, if not the best rush defenses in the entire NFL. I think this is a big test for him to see how good he really is. It's gonna I think it's gonna be a kind of fun to watch just in that standpoint. One of those red zone games where I think like you're tuning in and like, oh man, what's going on? Yeah. But I don't think there's gonna be a lot of people outside the Jets and Miami fan base <laughs> tuning into this one. I mean you mentioned Matt Forte and I think that it's no accident that the Jets best games this year, all three of their wins and when they played Cincinnati tough opening week, have uh involved a heavy dosage of Matt Forte. And I don't know why sometimes they just choose to go away from him. I know yeah. they like Bilal Powell and passing downs, but I think Matt Forte, I know he's on the wrong side of 30, but he's still really solid. He's shown that you know when he gets the rock, he's going to get positive yardage a lot. I think you need to feed him 20 times a game, especially against you know Miami's run defense isn't anything to write home about. So I think that it's important that you know they don't get themselves in a position where they're down a lot early and they have to rely on the arm of Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think that they need to make sure they get Forte the ball early and often. Yeah, establish the run game early on against Miami defense, which isn't there's nothing really in the Miami defense that stands out as all that great. They they're lying with Sue and up there. They're they're solid, but yeah, I think if they can get Forte going, the Jets are putting themselves but this is going to be a tough game and one that's going to come down to the fourth quarter. I agree. I, I agree too. I mean not much to add other than the fact that David, you mentioned that the Jets are such a stout run defense that it'll be tough for Jay Ajay to continue the success that he's been on in recent weeks with those two hundred plus yard games, because um, he's really been the focal point of their of their team, you know, in the, in recent weeks. So it'll be interesting to see if if he and the offensive line can break down that Jets front seven. I don't know that that's really the key to the game from my perspective. Yeah. I Go ahead, go ahead. No, you go. Well, I I have a question to pose <laughs> no, to you guys go. for the Jets going forward throughout the rest of the season. Corey Miller said, I believe it was two or three weeks ago, that he had the Jets losing to the Cardinals, which they did by a lot, but still making the playoffs because of what their schedule looked like. Now, they beat the Ravens. They barely beat the Browns last week. <laughs> I was almost like yeah. looking for the Browns to come through. Now, they have the Dolphins, then the Rams. I mean, those two are both winnable games, but it, I, is it because these Jets wins haven't been convincing against these bad teams that we're still not on this Jets, like, making a run the rest of the way? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you look at the two games they've won at home against the Ravens. Okay, the Ravens are a decent team, but they're not, you know, and the best team in football. And they were beat up that game. They yeah, were missing, exactly. like, five Pro Especially Bowlers. Especially in the secondary, too. And they barely beat the Browns last week. Everybody is beating the Browns, so barely beating hey, the Browns. Hey, go Browns this not. week. They're getting that win <laughs> on the Cowboys. The Cowboys right, are in 6-2. It. Go Browns. <laughs> I think Cleveland having needs Josh this win. back is going to be big for Cleveland. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I don't know. We're, that that will include Browns talk here on NFL Friday, <laughs> but uh, no, I think the Dolphins are uh, an, a, a team they can beat. But I mean, you look at their schedule; they still have to play the Dolphins twice. They still have to play the Patriots twice, and I think that probably go two and two in those games because maybe they do beat the Patriots once. They do seem to beat the Patriots once a year, but you know, by that same token, they seem to lose the Dolphins once a year too. So I think that 
They go 2-2 two and two at best across those four games. And that's seven losses already. Nine and seven is you're looking at maybe best case scenario. I don't know if that'll be enough in the AFC because I think those three AFC West teams are really solid. And also if you look in the NFC North, maybe the Bengals will make a run. So uh, along with the Steelers winning the division, that's what I'm just assuming as of now. So the Jets can really only afford to lose maybe one more game this year. Yeah, Tom, you nailed it. I was I was just about to mention the AFC West teams that'll that'll take up the wild card spots if the AFC Central or North teams don't um don't do so, you know, before them with, with either the Bengals or the Steelers or whoever doesn't win that division. So I really put the the chances of the Jets making it at like below five percent to the to yeah, the postseason sure. because they just have such an uphill climb the rest of the way. Even even with their schedule getting easier, it's just such a tall task to to ask after starting the season one and five and not really having a guy that you can go to and say, you know, hey, quarterback or hey, running back, carry our team for us. Yeah, I think the only potential because I don't really see them going ten and six. Right, that'd be losing one game, so they'd right. have to make it in a nine and seven. That would mean basically winning almost every winnable game giving them a split against the Patriots, which I know the Jets almost always split against the Patriots, but it, this year it looks difficult to do. And then having one other sleeper win in there, it just seems so tough to do. They could finish near 500 at 8-8 eight and eight or 7-9, and nine, but that 9-7 and seven is going to be tough to get. Yeah, and I, even then that might not get you in. I right? was going to ask you guys if you thought they missed an opportunity at the trade deadline to go out and, and trade for either a quarterback or just trade no. for picks to, to try and recoup for this draft to try and expedite the Decide the if they of, should be buyers or sellers. Right, decide to be buyers or sellers. I don't, I don't think they probably wanted to make that big of a decision midseason. I, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, I think maybe sort of make your decision. Do you want to go for it this year? Do you want to kind of rebuild? But I, I don't know. I think that's that's a tough – it's not like baseball. It's a tough thing to do in football, just decide uh, midseason, should we rebuild or should we really go for it? Right, and the Jets going forward still are in a pretty decent position. I know that obviously with Fitzpatrick, he's probably going to be done after this year, rightfully so, with the Jets. But, the, I mean, the Jets have Christian Hackenberg waiting. I know some Jets fans are still on the Bryce Petty train, but I I think that train is – Sailed so. and moved gone. Well, moved on. Trains don't sail, but you know what I mean. <laughs> the boat, the ship, <laughs> the chugged along. Bryce Petty <laughs> shouldn't be considered anymore. But I mean, they still have a pretty young team. They got a lot of young studs on that defensive side of the football. And so going forward, I don't think they need to be buyers or sellers. Kind of the position that the Yankees were this year when they were going. You know, just kind of wait and see if you can get some good young and but it's not. They don't have prospects and stuff. Yeah, I I think it was a good move to just stay put where they are. Yeah. All right, so let's pick the game this week. Christian is picking the Jets. A little bit of bias there, though, I think we can say. I mean, not that I don't have bias yeah. with the Giants, but uh, pretty sure I picked them every week but once this year. But <laughs> I'm still 5-2 and two in picking their games correctly. So whatever, enough about my picks. Uh, Jets at Dolphins. I think the Dolphins win this one. I still don't think the Jets are that good, and the Jets just always struggle against the Dolphins, a divisional game. The Dolphins have won two games in a row. They've beaten the Steelers and Buffalo Two pretty good teams. I mean, two wins. teams definitely better than the Jets. So maybe something is getting a little better in Miami. I think the Dolphins win this one. I'm going to go Jets, actually. I'm going to go around you know, a low-scoring game because we mentioned it's going to be a ground-and-pound type of thing. I'm going to say maybe 2014 Jets. It'll be close, but I'm going to go Jets even on the road. Yeah, I think I'm going with the Dolphins for most of the reasons that you mentioned, Tom. I think being in Miami will give the Dolphins just another 
little advantage. I agree that it'll be a pretty low-scoring game, pretty close. I think I have this one. Miami wins it 19-16. I like it. 19, a lot of field goals. Yeah, I, it's going to be a lot of field goals in this game. Okay. These, these QBs just aren't getting the ball into the end zone. I, I don't disagree with that. <laughs> All right, we're going to pick the other 10 games that are left to go in the NFL this week. But first, we have Jack McClune on for his final fantasy segment of the show, his sleepers for the week. So it's tough to find sleepers when there's no starters in general. You're already looking at the bottom <laughs> to guys you're going to start this week because you have to. But I guess if you're really trying to look, I like Marcus Mariota this week. He's had a decent year. He's kind of middle of the road in terms of QBs, but I think it's going to be a huge shootout. I think it's going to be a really he's fun trending game. upwards in general, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, yeah he's, he's looked better. I think that's going to be a really fun game between Tennessee and San Diego. I think there's going to be a lot of passing. They, neither, team really runs a, yeah, yeah. neither team runs the ball very well. I think... And Delaney Walker's looked really good lately. He's come back. He's been pretty healthy. So I think Mariota has a pretty good week this week. And then at running back, there's basically no one. If you're really desperate, <laughs> Sean Drone in San Francisco, if you're in a PPR, is okay. Who? The, exactly. <laughs> it's him and Dewan Harris and Mike Jones are their three running backs. And, the hurt, and they're all going to get pieces. But I think they go to Sean Drone when they're down. Chase they'll, Edmonds, they'll throw sleeper to him. at running back. Yeah. <laughs> and I think they'll throw to him. And they're down. I think they're going to be down because New Orleans has played pretty well. I think they're going to. Torch them and, and New Orleans is, score a lot. And yeah. New Orleans is bad against the run. They're 31st against the run. This would have been a huge week for Carlos Hyde, but he's still hurt coming off the bye, so that's a huge mess out there. And then wide receiver, Jeremy Macklin has been bad. He's not been Jeremy Macklin. He's not done anything, basically, but Nick Foles is at quarterback this week, so maybe there's a little bit, I don't know, chemistry? They mean, the chemistry? Not, not even chemistry. <laughs> just, I think Nick, Nick Foles Played is going to be— a little while. I think Nick Foles is going to be like, okay, I, we ha- I have Travis Kelsey, and I have Nick Foles, and I don't have Jamal Charles. Or Spencer Ware, I'm just going to throw it to guys I know who can catch the ball. Yeah, and I think that's and he he saw 22.2 percent of the targets going into the season, so he gets the volume. He just doesn't do anything with it. Right, right, right. He was getting all the targets. So yeah. They throw the ball it, so they, much in Kansas City. They don't go anywhere with it. It's yeah. so bizarre. And then uh, a tight end, same thing. Not a lot of guys available. Jack Doyle. I think this is the last week from Indianapolis. This is the last week I think you get out of him. Dwayne Allen's coming back. He's probably going to play this week, but not at 100 percent. And Doyle, in the two weeks he's been gone, he's 11 catches on 13 targets for 114 yards and a touchdown, which out of a backup tight end is what you would look for. I think if you're desperate, you're missing Reed, you're missing Martellus and Gronk, and Kobe Fleener's gone, and so you're really desperate. I think Jack Doyle is the best you're going to get towards the bottom. He could, he could come in for a, a touchdown because he's done it already a couple times this year. I think that's all you could hope for with a waiver wire tight end. He's had like a weird season. No yeah. one really expected anything from him, and he's had a few big weeks. I think yeah. he's a Allen's, top 10 tight end. Yeah, because Allen's been hurt a couple weeks, and he had yeah. that first game of the year, I think he had two touchdowns in the first game, and that was just, it blows up your numbers, especially at the tight end position. If you score like a couple touchdowns one week, that's enough to fall you know, the top 10. Cause there's such a big gap between really Gronk, I guess Martellus now, and Jordan Reed, and then it's like right. a bunch of people. And Greg Olson, I guess, kind of sometimes sit up and so there, but they've been bad too. All right, yeah. we're going to move on to our weekly Pick'em segment, be joined by David Spampanato, and all of us will be doing our picks too. Let's look into the crystal ball for some weekly NFL predictions. All right, so we've got 10 games to pick. Uh, the Thursday night game already happened, and then we've had the Giants and Jet game picked already. So 10 games to pick. We'll start off with Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Big Ben is questionable. That makes this game really tough to pick, so I'm just going to take the Ravens. Anyone? Whoever wants to go. I'll go. <laughs> uh, I'm going with Steelers. I know Big Ben questionable. I think the Ravens just aren't that good. Yeah, I think even without Big Ben, they still have Le'Veon Bell. They'll run the ball hard if they can't throw the ball, so Steelers win Yeah, I'm one. going Steelers too. 
We got David in the back. All right, forget it. We can't figure <laughs> out how to get David on in the back, so we'll just scratch that. Uh, but David, I'm just gonna say we picked the Ravens because I picked the Ravens. So moving <laughs> on, we have Dallas at Dallas at Cleveland. I'm going Cowboys. Brett, no, I'm going Cowboys too. Couldn't do it. Couldn't pick the Browns this week. <laughs> I really want to go with the Browns. I'm just gonna do it because why not? No, yeah, I'm going Browns. Cleveland's getting this one. Let's go. Cleveland. Cowboys for sure. All right. Is, is he saying that we have them now in the back? All right. It's a circus over here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Let's just move on. So we have Jacksonville at Kansas City. I know that the Chiefs running game is really depleted, but I'm still taking Kansas City. Yeah, I got the Chiefs in this one over Jacksonville. Uh, Good. I'm going upset pick. We're going the Jaguars. Wow. Picking Jaguars, too. All right. I didn't expect that coming, too, against the Chiefs. Seven-point home favorite. The Chiefs just aren't that good. They are, though. They always, like, win. No they Nick Foles. No Nick Foles. Only Nick Foles. No, no Alex Smith. <laughs> I mean, what's the difference? All right. <laughs> Detroit at Minnesota. I really like the lines this year. I don't know. I like Matt Stafford, but I think at home, Minnesota having lost two straight I think they'll win this one. Defense comes up big. Yeah, the Vikings have to stop their their losing streak before it gets away from them after this great start. So I'm going Vikings at home here. I don't know. The Vikings already had a pretty rough offense, and now they all of a sudden lost their offensive coordinator. I think the Lions sneak this one out in Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota definitely trending downwards. I'm going with Detroit as well. All right, next up, we picked Giants and Eagles already. Panthers at Rams. I've got a production note from David. The Rams are three and four. So do we keep that in mind? We know Jeff Fisher loves going 8-8. Eight and eight, So if statistics <laughs> tell us anything, they're due for a win. I wanted to pick the Panthers, but I, I think i got to go Rams now. <laughs> I'm going Panthers. I, I just can never take the Rams seriously. I think at every point in the season, there is a point where Jeff Fisher drops to two below 500. I think this is the week where they do it. Okay. Panthers win this week. Yeah, I picked the Panthers last week over the Cardinals. That worked out. I'm sticking with them. I think Cam Newton's going to play well the rest of the season. You guys are just refuting science right, right in its face. <laughs> no, no, they'll still finish 8-8. Eight eight. Oh, they they'll still there. get it. Two win streaks starting next after this game. All right. New Orleans at San Francisco. 49ers are terrible. I know the Saints defense is bad, too, but I still like uh, the Saints. Yeah, I'm going Saints here over San Francisco. They're just struggling too much this year for me to pick them. Only good player on San Francisco is Carlos Hyde, and he's hurt. So give me give me the Saints, definitely, for sure. Yeah, oh, I mean, I really want to pick the 49ers. It feels like one of those weeks to me where because there's not a lot of great games. I feel like there's going to be a lot of surprises. So I'm going 49ers. All right, next up, Indy at Green Bay. I think this is going to be a shootout. I like the Packers at home. I think that Aaron Rodgers is starting to really play well. This is one of those games this week that could be great and could be a shootout or it just could be a really mediocre game where both teams underachieve. But I'm going to go Packers here in Green Bay. Yeah, I think this is the Rodgers week. This is the week he steps up still without missing a couple weapons. But I think this is a big week for Rodgers. Packers win by two touchdowns. I think this is definitely the 4 o'clock game to watch on my book. That's the game I'll be tuning in for if I can. Uh, I'm going Packers too, but I think it'll be a close one. All right, Tennessee at San Diego. I actually think Tennessee is very underrated. They're all of a sudden 4-4 four and four so far. They're beating some teams, you know, the Jaguars last week on Thursday Night Football. So Great. I, I think San Diego is a disappointing <laughs> team. I think the Titans will win this one. Maybe that's my AFC South bias, but I'm going Tennessee. <laughs> I'm going to go Chargers because I think that, on the other hand, they're a little underrated so far this year as they've 
lost a lot of close games. I'm going to take them over the Titans this week. Yeah, Chargers are on a huge upswing now, and I think this is, their offense is really clicking very, very well. I think this is a big win for them. It's a huge shootout, though. I think it's a 30, in the 30s, 40s for both teams this week. Yeah, sorry, Tom. I agree with Brendan that the Chargers are underrated and have lost a lot of close games and could easily be above 500. I'm going Chargers. They're like the second-best offense, too. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They just keep losing. <laughs> I mean, a few, <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, they are. Ago, they were first offense, first ranked offense, first ranked defense, but their special teams was Joey so Bosa. bad. Have we like gotten word yet whether the Titans and Chargers will both wear their like light blue, sky blue <laughs> uniforms? Because that would be sweet. That would be Especially good. if they both put up 45 <laughs> like Jack's hoping for. Denver at Oakland, Sunday night football. This is the best game of the week for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm pounding the Raiders drum. I pounded it preseason. I'm pounded it all season. I think that... They are the second best team in the NFL, and I would uh, in the AFC. I maybe no in the AFC, and I would not be shocked if they give the Patriots a run for their money in the playoffs. I'm picking them to beat Denver this week. I want to say the Raiders so badly because I want them to to you know continue this great season that they're on. But I think Denver's defense will travel, so I'll take Broncos over the Raiders here. I think the Raiders this week, but I think it's, this is a good 14-7 win. This is an exciting <laughs> the defense. It's not bad that there's low scoring in this game. Huge, huge game. Both teams at 6-2 and two in the AFC West. So this is big for either of them to come out with a division. I'm going with the Broncos. I agree the defense gets it done for the Denver. Our producer David said he's making one pick. He thinks this game is ending in a tie. Third straight week <laughs> with a tie. I like. We could only wow. be, we could only be that so That would lucky. be crazy. That'd be awesome. I think that Tennessee would it though. <laughs> Tennessee San Diego is a game that is tie written. But like tie like forty, which would be insane. Yeah. Not a six. That would be kind of fun. All right, the Monday night game. I hope every game ends in a tie this week. By the way, oh that would be just nice. just really for the for chaos. <laughs> I want chaos this week. Buffalo at Seattle, Monday night. Seahawks are the better team. They're at home. I think that they need a win. Coming off a loss, maybe they don't need a win. But I think I just think they're gonna win. Yeah, Seahawks. Yeah, I think this is maybe the easiest game of the week. I, you can, I don't know. I don't think that's going to be this much of a ball. I don't think the Bills are very good. I don't know. I do agree that I think this might be the game that I'm most leaning one way. So I'm going to Seattle. All right. Well, all our picks are in. I'm sure that you know we'll all kill it this week with book our em. picks. Book as em. always, <laughs> book them. Send it, as Corey Miller would say. So that'll wrap up NFL Friday Week 9. Thanks to David Spampanato for producing. Jack McClune for his fantasy expertise throughout the show. Maybe we'll have him on next week or a week after, see how that bold strategy of sitting two starters went. He said he's going to lose. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. David Fallick and Brendan O'Connell, thanks for hosting. I'm Tom Scabelli. Until next week, this is NFL Friday.